When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm glad you're back from summer camp. Joey, 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 Joey. I'm begging you never go back to summer camp. Yeah. How how about that for an intro? That was an intro. (laughs) That was an intro. I'm I'm excited, friends. I'm excited on this. Well, one, one, well, two for two reasons. It's Friday, and I get to talk to William as we always do. But more importantly, the young, the young goat—not necessarily well, the second young goat, let's say, young Joey Spathis, Joey Stylin, our killer producer. He's back. He's back, and I couldn't be more happy that he is back. So, Joey, how are you, mate? I know people might be confused. They might have thought that they accidentally clicked on their Spotify summer 2023 bangers playlist when they were jumping on this podcast but no it is chgo balls and uh, we are joined by joey spathis he's back yeah i don't know i don't know how many guys have that in their summer 2023 playlist but regardless i'm back it's been a long time coming couldn't be more happy to be back excited to get back in the studio but excited to be back bulls hq um, we're pre-recording this because we have something going on tomorrow, but I just did an episode with Matt and Dave. Now I feel like I got to get like a collared shirt on, you know, get the tie on, get ready for the real hardcore HQ time here. And so, no, I'm very excited to be back. Um, try to keep up with everything this off season, ready to talk some bulls, ready to, ready to hear you guys break it down. So I was just about to say, there's no way you were following the bulls very closely. I hope you weren't because it's just been absolutely yeah, not worth it i followed like their two moves like very closely and that yeah <laughs> yeah there you go all yeah. right so he checked out on july 2nd or something like that and hasn't thought about the ball since which is uh a smart smart move from a smart young a smart young man but joey we're glad to have you back mate it is it is refreshing to see you again it's given me that extra pep in my step that i needed uh, I always love talking to William, but um, not going to lie, I'm, I'm more excited to be talking to Joey today. But uh, sorry, William. But uh, next week, maybe that'll. No, I, I feel the same way. I feel the same oh. way. Oh well, oh, well, okay, fair enough. Means the world. Means the world. I'm so happy to be back, and you know, ready to tackle another another full season, second full season of CHGO Bulls. So there we go. Be more excited. Thank there we you. go. You're well, we're, we're we're stoked to have you back, mate, and um, we're we're glad that you are here with us today to get into this Bulls talk because you have just, you have just missed so much good, good stuff. And we have got a great episode in line for everyone today, don't we? What are we talking about today? We're talking about Mark Eversley 
who is seemingly doing a bit of a media tour at the moment, which is interesting. I, I want to get into that a little bit more as to why he might be doing that. But he's uh, said a lot of interesting things, that which we want to jump into and explore in a little bit more detail, give our thoughts on, some of which maybe we've already expressed. But uh, we can all neatly tie together given, like I said, that Mark Eversley is going around and saying hello to everyone, which is interesting at the moment. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, William. Yeah, and as Joey said, I mean, not a lot has happened since July 2nd or what, whenever he was last here, but we did get a chance to talk with Mark Eversley last week at Bulls mm-hmm. Fest, obviously. Um, if you haven't heard that episode, go back and check it out. It was a lot of fun. Um, definitely got to joke around with him a little bit, and I, I hope he enjoyed it. Um, but then he also was on his, his little media tour um, and obviously had some different, slightly different, slightly similar things to say to the friends of ours at NBC Sports Chicago and at The Athletic, who Darnell, I think, just props to him for, I think, doing probably the best job of the bunch of us just getting the most information um, in a written article. So I wanted to talk about some of that today, just really dive into it, because we've obviously had those conversations, but we haven't really had a chance to break them down and unpack them and figured now is as good a time as any. But I think the first thing you were kind of curious about is like, why all of a sudden is Mark Eversley like on this media tour? And I wonder if you have any takes about that. I've got mine, but the floor is yours. Yeah, I, I'm still still marinating on my takes, let's say. <laughs> still trying to work through it all. But it's just been interesting. Like we, we for a period of time, then when he, when he started in the job, same time as, as AK, we didn't really see a lot from him. Didn't really hear a lot from him in the rare opportunities that we did get to hear from a Bulls executive. It was AK early in their administration. Um, we kind of didn't know much about Mark Eversley or we didn't really hear from him Everly. Uh, Everly. <laughs> ever. We never really ever heard from Mark Eversley. So it's just I just found it interesting that all of a sudden within the last sort of week we've, you know, through various uh, you know, various outposts, including ourselves, but as you as you noted, NBC Sports Chicago, as well as the Athletic, he has been sort of making himself available. So I, maybe it's just a one-off thing for this week. Maybe AK is on holiday. I don't know what the situation is, but I just found it interesting that um, it was him maybe doing some talking and, and less so AK. Not to suggest that AK should have come on CHGO balls. I would have loved that for that to be the case. Maybe he can join us on a on a front Friday one time, but. The point being, I just found it interesting that that has been happening. And I guess my thoughts on it was, I wonder if this is just a coincidence or is this a, you know, something that we'll see more of whereby maybe it will be Mark Eversley being more of the public face of the Chicago Bulls uh, in terms of maybe not day-to-day because that'll always be Billy as the coach. He'll always be that figurehead from the Bulls. But in terms of getting more of an opportunity for the Bulls executives to connect with the fan base, to connect who, with whomever it may be. Maybe it won't be AK in that place, but maybe it'll be Eversley. So we, we, we rarely heard from AK, but I just wonder, William, there was a period of time back in the Garpax days where Gar was doing a lot of talking and then Gar started to annoy people and then that changed quickly and Pax then became the one that started doing all the talking. Now, I'm wondering if this is something similar whereby, whereby the, the roles are a little bit reversed whereby maybe AK goes back into the background a little bit and Eversley steps forward and does more of the media stuff. I could be wrong. It, this could be just all be a coincidence, but uh, that, those are the thoughts that have been running through my head as I've been seeing him jumping from platform to platform. And I just want to say, like, it feels pretty cool to be 
mentioned in the same you know sentence with NBC Sports and The Athletic as far as outlets that get to have these exclusive conversations with yeah. the GM of the Chicago Bulls. So that felt very good. And obviously that wouldn't have happened unless we were gaining traction and uh, succeeding and getting viewership. So a huge thank you to everybody who listens to the show and supports us because I don't think that kind of thing happens without you guys. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really interesting question. I hadn't thought about it in relation to the Gar and Pax thing. And I think it's a good point, but my sort of semi-informed opinion about this is that for whatever reason, whether, and, and Eversley kind of mentioned, made note of this in the article with Darnell, that he's a private person, that, you know, he's got, he wears a lot of hats and that like, just by nature speaking and being like a public figure is not really something that he is inclined to do. Not that he won't do it or that he can't manage it, but just not yeah. something he's inclined to do. So I think that's part of it. And I think the, the bulls and I think the fans by way of the media have this sort of relationship with the front office to where we don't really see much of them unless they're talking at one of their like prefixed yeah. times of year to talk after the trade deadline, after the draft, after um, the season. And I think that puts us in a position where we have to ask them results-based questions. Why didn't you make any trades when your team is struggling? How do you view the future of this team, given the fact that you missed the playoffs? Those kinds of hard questions that end up sort of shaping the relationship that the fans have with the front office by way of the media, right? And so I think, to the Bulls' credit, they are trying to put the front office in a position where they can be a little bit more um, I, I think it's a risk for them because they can at times be sort of bombarded with these tough questions, but they're putting them in a position to have a little bit, to expand that relationship a little bit, to talk about things that aren't necessarily those wins and losses, you know, failures and successes types of conversations that we should be allowed to have with them, that we are expected to get those questions answered. Um, but just to expand those conversations. And so I think it's a good thing that uh, those guys are willing to do that. I think it's a good thing, obviously, for us, like I said, I mean, to be able to have that opportunity was fantastic. Uh, but I think it really works both ways, too. And I think hopefully, you know, these relationships can start to build in a way that is more productive so that we can get better answers because there's a little bit more trust there. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think this is the start of, you know, the Bulls showing good faith that, you know, they're going to make their front office more available and, you know, that we can have just a, a better a, a foundation for a better relationship moving forward. So I'm excited about that, obviously, um, just to get a chance to talk with these guys a little bit more to understand their thinking and to be able to talk about that and relay that without being, you know, like I, I, we're always critical, right? Like I think we're allowed to be critical, but certainly for me, at least, it never comes from a place of malice in terms of like who these people are it's like i can disagree with the way that you're doing things or the thought process behind them but it's not i'm not like saying anything bad about you as a person and i think these are the kind of conversations that really help move you more towards that sort of healthy debate rather than like name calling which obviously i i would never want to do or mean to do but i think that in some ways can be how it's perceived certainly from their end so um yeah, I think this is I think this is a good step forward for for both sides. Well, and, and I hope there's more of this to be honest with you. So something John Paxson used to do, like 
we, we can say a lot of different things about John Paxson, but one thing that I really enjoyed about Pax was he was always forthright. He was always uh, maybe a little too honest in his media availabilities. Maybe he said some things when he, when he shouldn't have, but I kind of liked that. Uh, he didn't play. He didn't play the game, so to speak. But he made himself available, probably more so than Eversley and 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 AK have thus far. He would do some the occasional radio spots here and there. I wonder if that's something that Eversley might entertain. He even I, I get that he's a private person, so seemingly is AK. They're both reserved kind of characters. Don't want to be front facing. Want to want to be in the background doing their thing, which I totally get and appreciate. But in line with what you guys did on the, on the weekend with the Bulls, the like the Bulls Fest activity or that 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 entire weekend. Like that is a really great way for the team to connect with the fan base, to really build some goodwill with the fan base, even when basketball isn't happening. So even though, you know, yourself, Matt, Dave, the guys at NPC Sports, Darnell, whomever it may be, may throw some tough questions the way of Eversley or AK, I think people will respect the fact that they're turning up and at least having the conversation. And even if we don't necessarily love the answers, the fact that they're maybe making themselves available just to talk with people, communicating and connecting with the fans, I think that can only be a good thing. So obviously, you know, unless they're doing something completely silly that everyone completely is against, like maybe some things that are happening with the White Sox as an example. But as so long as the Bulls are operating at a at a meaningfully decent level and Eversley, AK, whoever it might be with the with the with the franchises connecting with the fans, then I think that's only a good thing. More more of that engagement with the fan base. That's how you build good goodwill. That's how you sort of, you know, just embrace what it is that you have here as a as a global fan base. So I'm hoping that this isn't a, a coincidence. I'm hoping we hear more from Mark Eversley because I, I don't think we'll necessarily hear more from AK. I think that's probably going to be your three or four times a year's type thing, which fine if that's going to be how it is then, then that's cool but if we can have that outlet or that connection into some of the thinking of what the bulls are doing it doesn't have to be you know an every week or every month type thing but if eversley you know jumps on the radio with you know waddle and sylvie or whomever it may be or comes on this podcast or whatever it might be maybe you write an article about him or he has a sit down with you on on, on the website for, for us here at all cities uh chicago or CHGO, then like that would be cool. Just to have more of that connection with Bulls people and just getting an understanding of what they're thinking, what what they why they're doing what they're doing, and I just yeah, it, it gives it gives me more comfort, William, and I'm imagining you know Bulls fans more generally would feel the same. But yeah, I, I like that he's been doing this, but I just thought it was interesting that he has been doing this because it's a divergence from what we've seen previously. Yeah, and I, we don't have to spend too much more time on this because we have a lot of other stuff to talk about. But yeah, like I think you know. I don't know AK very well. I've had a few conversations with him, which is probably more than most fans can say for themselves, right? Because he just hasn't really made himself available. And I don't say that to flex, but I say that to say, like, he, I know that he has a super dry sense of humor and that he is like making like jabs and poking fun at things and doing it in a very sarcastic way. And so when he says something like, don't worry, guys, let me cook on the podium after the draft. I think to me that reads more like, okay, AK is kind of showing his personality a little bit and it's dry, but like that's him. And for other people, I think there was a lot of criticism because that was, they felt that it came from like a place of condescension. Um, and so I think just to get a chance to like know these people a little bit more, that is a really good thing. And then you start to understand the thought process behind that. And we can get into some of that here with the decision 
to rebuild or not to rebuild. But I just, I 100% agree. And I think we'll see more of AK too, but I, I think it's important to the organization to have, you know, for these people to not just be like Acme or Garpax, but to be like AK and Mark Eversley and have their own personalities because they have different jobs as closely as they work together. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Completely agree. But like even even hearing from Dan Moriarty as an example, like just learning more about Bulls people, that is cool. So uh, whomever it may be, whether it's the VP of marketing or someone else within ops or whether it's Eversley or or AK, um, I'm all I'm all ears. I'm I'm receptive to hearing it and, and I I would assume, you know, the majority of the fan base agrees. But let's let's continue on. Um, William, I need you to read me an ad. I need you to read me and tell me about Splash Sports. Well, I'm very excited to tell you about Splash Sports because I think this is the first CHGO ad read for Splash Sports. Wow. And it's very exciting because CHGO now has a weekly pick'em and NFL survivor contest with Splash Sports. Obviously, NFL season is starting up, and we are putting together these leagues for everyone to participate in. And it's for real money. So how to enter, you head to splashsports.com slash CHGO. Link is in the description, and you can sign up by depositing cash. And it's just $10 to enter. They do a CHGO weekly pick'em contest. Uh, there's first prize of $2,700, second prize of $1,800, and so on. Uh, there's a Survivor League with CHGO where the winner takes all $4,500. So we're going to be running contests all year long. Uh, make sure you guys keep that link handy. We'll keep plugging it here on our end. But you can also run your own league if you want uh, to do something with just friends or family. You can sign up to be a commissioner right through the link in the description um, to earn money and to beat your friends and talk some shit. So head to splashsports.com slash CHGO if you want to join. We'll have different contests coming out. So we are very stoked to compete with and against you all. Be sure to click the link in the description. Again, CHGO, or I'm sorry, um, splashsports.com slash CHGO. There you go. And I also want to tell you about Sunnyside, which is your home of judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products, William. Sunnyside has everything you could possibly need to elevate your summer. And I know we're in summer in Chicago right now because I have heard every Chicagoan banging on about how hot it is. Wow, it is hot. But if you need to take the edge off the heat and you just need to relax a little bit, chill out a little bit then Sunnyside is the place where you go because it is Illinois's favorite dispensaries they have just a huge array of house brands if you want to get your hands on some then would I would I I absolutely would (laughs) that you go out you go onto their website and you use promo code CHGO25 at 25 25 rather at checkout for 25% off your total order this one use per customer it doesn't matter whether you're a new customer or a returning customer it don't matter Whoever you are, if you use that promo code CHGO25, you will receive 25% off your order. So, uh, friends, go and do that. Thank me later. Uh, And the only caveats really, William, is that you must be 21 or an Illinois med card holder. That seems reasonable to me. If you've got that in your hand, then, um, like I said, CHGO25 for 25% off your total order at Sunnyside. All right, let's continue talking Mark Eversley. Uh, as you noted before, he had he did a sit down with with Darnell, and it was an interesting conversation, a conversation through text, let's say. Uh, but it was an interesting read. You've noted down some things that we want to talk about today, and you alluded to the first thing that we want to hit on, which is a question that maybe you and I have sort of posed for the last 
I was going to say the off-season, but we're probably posing it before the off-season, to be fair. But why no rebuild? I mean, that's a question. I think it's a fair question. I understand why they didn't want to go down that path. And I, whilst I disagree with it, I get it. I understand the logic. And coming back to what we were talking about before, like hearing from them and, and hearing from Eversley or AK or whomever it be, just getting their thought process more in detail and, and understanding their decision a little bit more, even if we don't agree with it, just having it on record from them as to why they did the things they did. That's interesting. And it just, yeah, I'm glad they're making themselves available to have that conversation. But he spoke with Darnell about this. Why no rebuild? And uh, more of what we've effectively heard before. But yeah, what, what did you make of his answer here as to why the Bulls didn't head down this path? Yeah, so I wanted to pick out a, a couple of quotes here. And I'm not going to read this whole one because it's a little bit long. But basically what he's saying is like, it was a sub 500 year. We understand that. So we, he said, we quote, we sat back and identified some things that we wanted to address this offseason to help the group. There are a couple paths we could have gone. We could have torn it down. We could have rebuilt or we could have retooled and we chose to retool. In retooling, we brought back a lot of the same players we had. And I think that takes, uh, takes us back to the first year that this group was together. We're obviously, so that, that was the quote. So obviously mm-hmm. there is still this belief in, these first 60 games with Lonzo, I think is kind of the, the subtext here, right? Like they know there's proof of concept that a team with Lonzo is good. And to me, it's like, well, Lonzo's not coming back. So how do you, how do you reckon with that? And for them, it's not tear down. It's try to find somebody that, you know, he said in the article enhances uh, this, this team does not replace Lonzo, but can kind of act as, Uh, a similar player that sort of helps enhance those guys. Um, And so that obviously starts with bringing back Vooch and all these other things. But I think this quote really stands out to me and I'll read this and then uh, pass back to you. But he says, I think for us as a front office, how we see our ceiling may be different than others. And the way we have operated is we're going to operate with our beliefs. We've all been to different places. We've all seen what success looks like. We can't run this operation based on what, uh, people may think the outcome may be. We trust each other. We trust in each other and we believe in this group. That's how we're going to continue to build this program. We can't get caught up in the negativity of the naysayers. If we do that, then how are we operating? What are we grounded in? We're grounded in ourselves and our beliefs and the trust within the group that we're making the best decisions for our organization daily. And I think it's back to what we were talking about before, where it's like, at least you're explaining your thought process, whether or not we agree with it. I think it comes down to that first line um, that we see, we are, we see our ceiling different than others. And like I said, we can agree or disagree with that, but they believe in this group. And I'm one of the things I'm most curious about to ask them at media day is like, what gives you that belief? Why do you still believe in this group? Given one that Lonzo is going to be out for another year and two that, all of the evidence that we've seen since then is that it hasn't necessarily worked. Yeah, well, it's interesting. There's this mystique around AK and Eversley in some senses, and people like to pretend that you know they're doing things in a in a mysterious way, or they're 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 hiding their cards. They're not necessarily. We don't really know what they're, they're thinking at one time because they're operating in the shadows. They're they're they've got the league on notice in that regard. Like that was the that was the talk of AK maybe prior to last offseason or that's what people like to believe about this new front office 
But the more I hear from them, and again, this is another reason why I want to hear from them, but the more I hear from them, they are very transparent in what they're thinking. And I don't necessarily think... Well, I think at this stage, there's more runs on the board in the sense that we know what they're doing. This idea that we don't know what the Bulls are cooking up or what their thought process is or what they're aiming for. I think it's very clear now as to what what they have been doing or trying to do because what they've through their words and through their actions, we we know very clearly what this what this organization is is trying to do. And you know, everyone and we on this podcast are sort of posited like, will they do a big Zach Levine trade or will they do something seismic or will they do something completely different like a rebuild? But no, like they've consistently said that was never going to be the case. And some of us have assumed that maybe that's just them playing the PR game, that they're obviously not going to show their complete hand, that why would they do that? Why would they be so publicly facing about doing all that sort of stuff, that this was all maybe just a charade type thing? Maybe that's what we like to tell ourselves because we wanted to see something a little bit differently. But they have been very consistent with their messaging, like AK, Eversley, everyone. So in that regard when they talk about them trusting each other, I do see an alignment between all of these front office executives and, and you know, every, everyone who's making these decisions. Everyone's seemingly aligned, which is a good thing. Uh, you would obviously don't want Eversley to have his own idea, AK to be doing his own thing, and then, uh, you know, own ownership potentially thinking something differently because that's when things completely go off the rails. Now, I like the fact that they're aligned and they trust each other, all that sort of stuff, but... I can like that, by, but at the same time, not necessarily like the direction that they've that, that they've ultimately chosen for this team. But I don't know. Like, I just keep coming back to this point. This is the point that you made. I think it was yesterday's show or the day before. But like, the off season that they had this season was the off season that I wanted them to have last season. Which at that point, when we're talking about you know liking what you saw with Lonzo or the proof of concept of with Lonzo or whatever it may have been, like had had you gotten Javon Carter. Then, not not to say you obviously could get Javon Carter then, but a, a, another option at point guard to keep things moving rather than wasting a year as I think last year was, as you noted yesterday, then I could sort of get behind that thinking. But at this point, we're into year three, year three of, of this experiment. Demar's what, 34 years old at this point. Vooch is 33. You've re-signed him. You've re-signed Demar. Like, I thought this was going to be a two to, two to three, two to three year thing and then that would be the end of it. But seemingly now it's going to be a three to five year project. So that's where my issues come into it. But again, I'm glad at least that they're telling us very clearly as to what their thinking is. I disagree with it, but it is what it is from that point. We now know. And I think that starts with the conversation about bringing back Vooch because to your point, now this is no longer that three-year window, right? Like I think a lot of people have just kind of assumed, all right, you give out the basically three future draft picks, right? 21 for Vooch, 23 for Vooch, and then 25 for Damar. You've got this window with these three players that you really believe in, two of whom are on the older side, but you've sort of tried to walk this line between like a long-term project with you know the Zach Lonzo timeline, and then obviously you have the, the supplementary guys with Kobe and Patrick and Io. Um, but I think... To where we are now, having had three years, understanding the level of success or lack thereof, and then continuing on the same path um, to bring back Vooch. And, and here's what he said about re-signing Vooch. Again, this from Darnell Mayberry at The Athletic um, in his article uh, interview with 
Mark Eversley. He says, Vooch is a starting center in the NBA. There's just not a lot of them. So Vooch went away and that was never the plan for us. How do you replace him? And we didn't like those options. So that's why we brought Vooch back. You know, he said a couple of things to us uh, at CHGO about understanding, you know, yes, he's not the perfect player. No, he's not an elite rim protector, but he can stretch it out. He takes up a lot of space. They have built a good defense around him um, and with him. And again, I don't disagree with any of that. I think like all the criticism does not come from a place of like, I don't like Vooch. I don't like Damar. I don't like Zach Levine. Very, could not be further from the truth. I like all three of those guys. They've all been great with the media. Like the conversations that I've had with them, you can tell like the amount that they care about what they do and the effort and work that they put into what they do. So it's not about that. It's not like a disbelief in them as people. It's like a disbelief in this, the outcome, the potential ceiling of this group. And so again, it goes back to what Mark said uh, from the last quote is that we see our ceiling different than others do. And yeah, I think that's just like an agree to disagree moment. Yeah. And it's a bit of a catch 22 situation too, because I, I mean, you know, on face value, I completely agree with his statement in, in regards to Vooch. And I have argued in the past that you need to re-sign Vooch because what else are you doing? But that's not necessarily me thinking that you have to re-sign Vooch because he's an absolute must. It's you have to re-sign him because this is the position you've put yourself in. You don't really have a, an alternative way to get something either the same or better or something different. So it being a catch-22 is, yeah, okay, you need to sign Vooch, but you need to sign Vooch because you put yourself in this situation where you can't make a pivot. You don't have cap space. If you let Vooch walk, potentially, you're still probably not a real cap space team. You don't really have any options to go and sign someone better, not to suggest that there were that many good options in free agency yet, Center, but you know you don't have the option to really do a lot of things with trade because he's now a free agent. You let him get to free agency. You don't have a lot of assets because you, you traded two future first-round picks to acquire Vooch. Same thing with DeMar now. With De- DeMar DeRozan, like, you will need to re-sign DeMar DeRozan because there's no real way to replace him because you will be probably starting next season over the salary cap. You won't have cap space to find DeMar's replacement from that standpoint. All you will really have is your mid-level exception. At that point, can you really replace DeMar DeRozan? Probably not. So... We'll probably hear and read something very similar about Demar next season, where there's just not a lot of starters out there like Demar. Not a lot of starting small forwards who can give you 25 every night. So we wanted to keep Demar. He's not perfect. Blah blah blah. This sort of speak. But yeah, okay. You can't. You have to sign Demar because you've put your situation put yourself in a situation where you can't do anything else but sign Demar. So again, that's that's why we are critical of that. But again, not to sound like a parrot here, but. I at least like them telling us why they're thinking, what they're thinking, what they're, whatever it is they're thinking. We can disagree, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he's, he's having the conversation at least. Uh, let's keep going. Like we said, we're trying to run a tight episode, a tight, tight, tight episode. It's difficult today, for but, us uh, to do, Mark. We're very bad at that. We're we extremely just, bad we at that. We always say, literally every podcast that we, we start, or throughout let's the week it. when Willow and I are trying to come up with topics... Um, and to be fair, it's you mostly be coming up with topics over the last few weeks, William. So, um, you know, congratulations to you on that. I've been slacking from that regard. But we always say to ourselves, how are we going to fill an hour? What is there to talk about? We'll probably can only go 25, 30 minutes today. But every time we hit the hour mark and we probably could bang on for another half hour. So that's just what we do. But uh, 
It's got to keep it tight today. So, William, can you tell everyone about Ray Auto? Mark, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you happen to be in the market for a new or used vehicle? Because <laughs> if you are, then I have some great news for you. And that's because oh, really? Ray Chevy in Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team. Ray. We were, we were talking to the team at Ray, and they have this pledge called the Ray Price Promise. It's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. We found that in many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you. And when you come to the dealership, they'll say things like, are you a recent college grad? Do you, are, you an active, uh, are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? And in most cases, the answer will be no. And that's when they raise the price on you, saying things like the price online included these limited rebates that you just don't qualify for. Well, at Ray, that is not the case. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever. In fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which may make the price even lower than what you see online. So as one of the top-selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and save big at Ray Chevy because they now have over 100 Chevy Trax models available starting at $21,495. So now through August 31st, all buyers can qualify for 0% financing. Make zero payments until 2024, plus put no money down. The best of all, pay zero hidden fees with Ray Price Promise. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com, serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Well, look, I wasn't in the market for a new car, but after that stunning ad read and just, you I'm know not, what? Yeah, I'm not sure if they ship to Australia, but I'll, I'll check with my guy, Ray. Doesn't matter. I'm coming over there and getting one, but uh, I just like what Ray's about. I like the cut of his jib. And after I've picked up my Chevy <laughs> from Ray, do you know where I'm going, William? I'm going straight to Circle K because we are so excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. That premium have... petroleum, baby. <laughs> you need some sweet premium gas to put in that Chevy that you've put, that you've purchased at a fair price from our guy, Ray. So when you need that premium, premium gas, you head over to Circle K. And you know, obviously, you need to fill up your Chevy. You need to put some gas in that thing to keep that thing moving. But while you're there, why not pick up some of your favorite snacks? You need a, you know, a Coke Zero. Obviously, we're trying to keep it locale. It's summer season. We're, we, you know, we're summer flexing at this point. We want to, you know, show off our six pack abs. We're not drinking the real stuff, that real sugary Coke. We don't want that. We want the Coke Zero. So we, we're, we're, we're getting that from Circle K. You know, we're not, we're not going to be getting any, you know, uh, what, you know, any potato chips like Matt Peck would be getting, or any lollies or chocolates. Where you know, what do you think William's getting? He's getting that premium protein bar because again, he just wants to be flexing those beautiful abs of his in in this hot, hot summer. But the point being, friends, that you can get all of this stuff: your gas, your Coke Zeros, your protein bars. You can get it all from Circle K. So if you want to get the absolute best deals on your favorite road trip and snacks, the best the best premium gas you can possibly get. Our friends at Circle K have got you hooked up. So thanks to Circle, Circle K for sponsoring us here at CHGO. Do us a favor, visit the nearest Circle K, and you can pick up all of those favorite finds that I just mentioned there. How good is that, William? It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Another beautiful thing. Like Player development. That's a beautiful thing. And that's a thing that Mark Eversley spoke about with Darnell. So he spoke and it's exclusively- It's a necessary thing. It's a necessary thing. Everyone needs development. Another person that needs development is Patrick Williams. And that's what Mark Eversley- spoke to uh, Darnell about it. He spoke about Patrick Williams. He spoke about Kobe, Io. We're going to get into that now. So what did he have to say about our friend Patrick? 
Uh, on Patrick, he said, as he matures as a human being, when he starts to apply those skill sets that he learns as a human being onto the court with him, being more assertive, being more vocal, not being afraid to challenge the norm, having a voice in the locker room, that's when I'll get really excited about who Patrick is and who he can become. Um, interesting. I mean, point. yeah, it's, it's an interesting quote because I think it acknowledges a lot of obviously what we see. And that was sort of a sentiment that Mark really expressed to us while we were doing our show, which is that like they really live and die with these wins and losses, um, that they are affected by them in a way that he wasn't necessarily prepared for. Um, and I think this is just another one of those indicators that's like, yeah, he's seeing what we're seeing. He sees the potential. He sees the the tools and the skill set. And he also sees that, you know, he's not as assertive as he needs, as he needs to be, that he's not uh, challenging the norm. I like that. Uh, the way that he probably needs to in order to get to a level that I think we all hope that Patrick can one day get to. So, um, yeah, I mean, not a lot to say on any of these quotes. Like, he had a similar thing about Kobe, a similar thing about Io. But to me, it's more a question of like, okay, great, you've identified the problem. Same with it. Same with like the the offensive struggles, right? You understand that shooting is a key here. How are we going to add shooting? How are we going to do that without sacrificing defense and that defensive identity that got us to be the fifth uh, best defense in the league? So you've identified the problem. How are you going to solve it? What's the solution here? Because uh, like, like you said, and like I've been saying, it just kind of feels like last year was a bit of a wasted year because they saw the problems, but they didn't address them. And that's why I say that this is the offseason they should have had last year. Um, mm. And I think a big piece of that is hiring Peter Patton, who's coming in to be the player, the director of player development and to be a shooting coach that hopefully will really help out all the players on this team because you can't have enough shooting in today's NBA. Yeah, look, on, on the Pat quote, maybe this is just me being <laughs> uh, a glass half empty type of fella, but I interpreted this quote as maybe Mark obviously not being overly... Well, maybe this is being a little bit too strong, but maybe he's not, or at, at present, because Pat hasn't necessarily done the things that he needs to be doing as he matures, as he said, as he starts to apply the skill sets, breaking norms, being more vocal. He's clearly, based on the, the quote there, he's not doing those things, which is pretty typical for a third-year guy, particularly someone reserved like Pat. I'm, I'm not surprised that he wouldn't be doing those things. But Eversley goes on to say that when he starts doing those things, that's when he will be excited about who Patrick Williams will be and who we can become. Now, the flip side of that is, does that mean he's not excited about who Patrick Williams has been based on... Okay, but let me that- let me stop you there because I think that's exactly why he's doing this article because, or this interview, because when you speak so infrequently and the fans and the media and the analysts have so little to work with and so mm. little to talk about, you start to just dissect every single thing that he's talking about. And like, these people aren't, perfect human beings they don't speak perfectly i i hear what you're saying and i had a similar thought but then i just had to check myself and say is this just me reading between the lines or does he actually and that's part of the reason why i'm glad we got him on the podcast you can see and hear what he sounds like when he's talking as opposed to just reading it i think that adds a lot of color um but yeah i just and i'm not not to say you're wrong but i do think it's a question that you have to ask yourself when you're thinking about these things because we have so little to work with because, you know, last year it was like to be better than we were the year before. That was the goal. Like nobody actually said what that means. They just said they want to be better. 
like they could argue they were successful because they had a better net rating. Uh, there wasn't like an explicit thing. And so I just, I just have been thinking about that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's fair, but I think it's also fair to infer certain things too. 100%. 100%. I, I, I totally get that they're not perfect public speakers, particularly if they are generally speaking quiet, reserved guys who maybe are uncomfortable doing this thing. I don't want to hold them to every the single thing they're saying, and I'm certainly not holding them to this thing that, that he said here in regards to Patrick. It's more an open question for myself to say, well, okay, you've said this, but should I should I be inferring it differently? Like I said, I'm not going to get too worked up about it, but it was just a thought that went through my head after reading this quote. Okay, and maybe he didn't intend it the way it read. Maybe he said it in a different way than what it came out. Maybe the context was different, but that was that was what my initial thought was after he said it. Because, and I guess the reason why I, th- I would say that is that's what I kind of that's how I feel about Patrick Williams. So if Eversley kind of feels like that right now about Pat that he'll be excited about Pat when Pat starts showing more things then that's exactly how I feel about Patrick Williams so humanizing Mark Eversley through these conversations like if he's being real here and that's his real feelings about Patrick that maybe they're excited about what he can become but necessarily haven't been over the moon of what he's been now again I'm inferring that but if that's what he's trying to say to me then that really hits home with me because I would rather my GM say something that's honest, transparent like that rather than just saying oh, we, we are so we, we we believe the world about Patrick Williams. He's been so good that he's going to be this super megastar. I would rather them be uh, honest, transparent and factual with us rather than just you know toting out a company line or a PR line about certain things. So maybe I inferred that but and maybe I was hoping that's what he was trying to say but if, if that was what he was trying to say and I'm correcting that, I like that that, that they're willing to sort of say yeah, I, I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong because I think, I think both things are right. I'm just, cause I had that thought too of like, Oh, are you saying you're not excited about him now? Um, but I just, I think it's both those things. Like you're allowed to read it a certain way and interpret it how you want to. But I also, I want to be careful about over reading into things, but um, I do think that's a very good point. Well, that's fair enough. You, you you can be that way, but uh, I'll be the uh, the douchebag that infers and reads. That's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not being a douchebag by having an it's interpretation fine. of something. You you don't have to apologize to me or try to walk it back. Just it's it's fine. All right. But, well, how did you how did you feel about what he said about Kobe? Which was I'm really encouraged about from him the way he ended the season and what's gone on this summer. Uh, all those summer highlight reels, you know, one on zero, and what I envision him and how good he can be going forward for this group. Kobe's development on the court was terrific. His development off the court has been equally impressive. He's found his voice. He'll challenge guys in the, in the locker room. He'll be more decisive and assertive, and we need that from him. What'd you make of that one? Yeah, it's interesting. The fact that he's... Well, what Eversley said about Pat and the, the fact that he hasn't maybe been that vocal leader, hasn't found his comfort to be that type of person, and maybe he never will because maybe that's just not his personality, whereas maybe that's just who Kobe instinctively is. Like, we've seen... Uh, Obviously, I don't see it in the in the locker room and those sorts of things, but we have seen Kobe being vocal and I, I, I instinctively remember like one of him, I, I can't remember if it was this season or last season, but there was, a, there was a possession on defense where he clearly understood the read and Zach didn't. And so Kobe was literally pushing Zach to the right spot that he needed to be on the court in terms of the, 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 uh, the defensive rotation. So like that was an example of what Mark is talking about here where... Kobe's more than fine in saying what he feels, saying 
you know, or you know, voicing his voice, so to speak, challenging guys in the locker room. So uh, the fact that Kobe's found that and that the Bulls have recognized that and potentially see that as a, you know, a growth opportunity for him, then that'll be interesting. And I, I am really intrigued as to how the Javon versus Kobe thing will will play out. And I, I said versus here. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to necessarily make it out as if it's a Javon and uh, Kobe issue, but like how the Bulls pick and choose as to when one of these guys will be on the court is going to be fascinating because there'll, there'll be times when one of them is going to miss out. So how they work through all this is going to be interesting. But I, I agree with him. Like we all, we all agree with him. Kobe had... Despite what the numbers say, he I think he had his best NBA season last season. So the fact that he's developing on the court and off the court is only a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I think going back to the player development stuff, like that's a huge piece of it. He mentioned Peter Patton several times in that article um, and the impact that he's already having on these guys. And we, we spent a whole episode talking about it, like because they're not bringing in a lot of help, because they're not, you know, really rebuilding um, and not just making some tweaks and additions here and there, like the player development piece is going to have to be a huge one. And I think that goes for Patrick and Kobe, especially. He also mentioned Io, Dalen, you got to put him in there. Julian Phillips, you got to throw him in there. Um, it's just going to be a thing where like guys need to get better. That's not like a, you know, momentous thing to say. Like, it's just, it's the truth. Guys need to get better. Yeah. Yeah. And look, he he's again, obviously acknowledged that, they maybe could have done some more things to develop guys quicker and sooner and uh, had these guys more ready than what they have been. And again, the hiring of Peter Patton or the more added focus on player development, again, just like the Javon Carter signing as well as Tory Craig, feels like 12 months too late. So I, I'm glad that they've done those things. But again, it just feels a little bit too late for this specific group because we kind of needed Kobe to take the step that he did last season, the year before, and we need whatever step Pat has in him, assuming he has one, we kind of needed that from Pat already to maximize this group. So yeah, it feels a little bit too late, but nonetheless, it is what it is. William, let's keep plugging along. Again, in the interest of keeping this as a tight show, I need you to read me about FOCO. Well, yeah, I mean, I've told you guys about Splash Sports, about Ray Chevy, and that's a lot of new information. So let me take it home to one of our original sponsors, Boco, because you know, guys, if you're trying to get fitted out in the best sports gear round, you can do that at Boco. They've got the hoodies, the shoes, the signs, the bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's still baseball season. Baseball's going strong. You got the Aloha shirts and the straw hats. Football season's coming up. I think we got one more preseason game. Justin Fields playing on Saturday. Get yourself a sweatshirt. Fall's coming up. Bears jerseys, jerseys, everything that you need. They've also hooked it up with set decorations for us at the CHGS studios. So shout out to them for that. Be sure to go show them some love and you can do so at foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. Thank you, William. And another favorite of ours is Shady Rays, who, uh, you know, again, it's very hot in Chicago. That's sunny as out. And if you need gear, uh, gear that is built to last in that strong, strong Chicago heat, then you need to get yourself a pair of premium polarized shades, and you can do it all at an affordable price from that beautiful independent sun, uh, sunglasses company we like to call Shady Rays that offers you the world-class products that they do that 
you if you'd happen to own an expensive pair of sunglasses, do you know what you're going to do? You're going to throw them in the bin. You won't need those anymore. You don't need those stupid designer sunglasses that you paid way too much money for because you can get great durable frames at ex- with extremely clear optics for all your outdoor adventures. You can get all that at an affordable price. They look freaking good. Get all of that from Shady Rays and you, you know, they're not going to stop there either. They're going to give you a lost and broken replacement policy. So if you happen to lose or break your pair of sunnies, guess what? Our friends at Shady Rays will hook you up with another pair. No questions asked. Those designer brands aren't doing that thing. So friends, if you want to get your hands on a couple of pairs of polarized sunnies, you can do so by heading over at ShadyRays.com. Use promo code CHGO and you'll get 50% off when you do. Over 250,000 people have given Shady Rays a five-star review online. Why don't you go be that 250,000 first person to do so? When, like I said, you see HG at, at checkout, 50% off when you get your hands on two plus pairs of polarized sunnies. All righty, let's close out the show, William. More from Mark Eversley, this time on DeMar DeRozan, the future of the team, the future of DeMar, what the goals are for the season, all of that and more. What did Mark have to say? So you kind of mentioned at the top, and I think this is where things start to get really interesting. Do they continue on this path because they need to, or do they have to at some point reckon with this is not going the the direction that they want? So here's what he said about DeMar. DeMar's been great. He's been terrific for this group, not only on the court, but off the court. He's a leader. I would love to have DeMar be part of this program long-term. Let's see how it plays out and what it looks like going forward. When those conversations take place, we'll speak about that more when it happens. But we hope Debo's back. He's been an integral part of this team's success, and we hope he is here long term. Um, so, yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Like, the first thing that happened when I read this was, okay, yeah, like you're you're talking about Demar like he is the best player on the team, which he is. But mm-hmm. you're also talking about a team that you've acknowledged has not done well enough, right? Like under 500, that's not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. Do you keep on going with Demar because you feel like that's the best path forward for you to continue winning about half of your games? Do you feel like it's the best path forward because he's been like the best babysitter that you could find for the young players on the team? Like at some point, I wonder if they need to like somebody pointed this out pointed this out on our show the other day in the comments. Um, I didn't hear it on the Hoop Collective podcast, but he, the commenter said that uh, on that show that Wendy said the Bulls were only going to be able to get a second round pick for him. And so that reminded me of the Brad Beal situation with Washington. And it's like, do you bite the bullet on that because you know long-term it's the right thing to do? Or do you ride it out into the sunset and continue on just like being somewhere in the middle and not actually having any ambition, any goal to be more than, you know, a first round playoff team? Um because this whole just keeping on doing this is just going to, you know, kick the can down the road and eventually you have to take your medicine. But like, at what point do you just have to be proactive about it and make moves for your future? It's an, it's an interesting one. And I'll, I'll look, I'm completely fine in, in moving on with DeMar DeRozan, but if you're moving on from DeMar DeRozan, I don't want it to be just moving on from DeMar DeRozan. You have to move on from everyone because Using the Wizards as an example, they didn't just move on from Bradley Bill and kept the rest of the gang together. They they got rid of Chris Stapps. They made other holistic trades. They've clearly established a direction at this point. They've gone down a completely different path. Now, 
if you just take off Demar, you trade Demar for a couple of expirings and some second round picks because I don't think you can get much value for Demar at this point, given his age, given the fact that he's in year fifteen and an expiring contract, seemingly wants another big deal. He doesn't have a lot of value from a trade market standpoint. So maybe there is some synergy there in terms of comparing DeMar to Bradley Beal from that standpoint. Obviously, clearly the the contract situation is very different. But the point being, if you're just going to trade DeMar and move on from that because you don't want to pay him his next deal and you assume that you can continue winning at the same rate, I think that's a bad assumption to make because I don't think that will be the case. I think, and I've said this before, but I think the balls without DeMar DeRozan and just replacing him with a mid-level exception guy or something similar, because that's all I think you will ultimately get in change for DeMar because I don't think you're going to get much back from him in trade. That is not a good basketball team. I think that balls without DeMar and you know a couple extra role guys is similar to the Wizards or the Charlotte Hornets or the Detroit Pistons, these teams that are probably going to win 30, 32 games in the East. So I don't like the idea of trading DeMar or getting rid of DeMar and that being your only thing. If you're getting rid of DeMar, then get rid of the others. Move on and start the next iteration of team. But if you don't do that, if you're not prepared to get rid of Zach and you're not prepared to get rid of Vooch because you you just re-signed Vooch, then I guess that comes back to what I said before, where you've sort of put yourself in this situation where you kind of need to be doing the thing again because what else is there to do? If you're not prepared to tear it down if you're not prepared to make more holistic trades and you want to keep winning competing those sorts of things and you can't do that without DeMar DeRozan which is why you get into the situation whereby you have to re-sign him so it's an interesting one but um yeah my take on the DeMar thing is very very pretty simple like if you want to keep doing what you're doing you re-sign him if you don't then don't stop it uh moving on from DeMar you got to move on from everyone else too I think that we can move quickly here um in the interest of time, but that leads me to the final thing that I wanted to hit on, which was his conversation about their goals and their expectations for themselves. So he says, quote, am I suggesting we're going to win a championship? I'm not, but I, what I am suggesting is this group being together as long as they've been together going into year four, Patrick develops, Kobe develops, Javon fits in, Corey Craig fits in. The hope is that we win more games and compete at a higher level come spring. And then Darnell asked him, like, so specifically, what is the direct, what is the definition of success for you? And he said, winning more games than we did last year. Um, okay, we'll see you at 41 wins. I mean, to me, it's like <laughs> William, you can't say that. You're inferring what he's what he what he was trying to say there. How dare you? At you least question yourself wins. before. <laughs> um, I, 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 I mean, thought I, the same thing. I think, oh, yeah. okay, 41 wins. That's a success. Cool. Yeah, and it's like, like. The the answer is probably the Bulls, but like who wins a first round playoff series first? Wizards or Bulls? Um, I, I mean, I want to say the Bulls. <laughs> like the Bulls are in a better position to do it more quickly, but like, are they in a better position to actually do it? I don't know. Like probably, but I, I think it's like a, Probably an actual question. I mean, I don't know. I would I would feel pretty strongly about this being the balls if they we talked we spoke about this last week. If they took the end of the bench a little bit more seriously, if they had used the rest of the their mid level exception, I don't think they're going to use their disabled player exception. Had they used their biannual exception, they're they're creeping up to the tax line. They're technically over it at the moment. They're going to get under it at some point. But if they were really serious about trying to get up to that hard cap line rather than having five guys at the end of the bench 
who probably aren't going to impact the rotation. If you could have, could have added one or two more guys using those exceptions that you do have, then I think the Bulls had a real path this season to be the fourth or fifth seed in the East. And if you are fourth or fifth, you I think you do have a reasonable chance of winning that first round season, uh, first round series. I don't think they have a reasonable chance at the moment because I still think they're the seventh or eighth best team in the East. So I can't confidently say they will win a first round series. So, and God then, damn it, that's a tough. And question. then it's like, okay, do you resign Demar? If so, like maybe you have slightly worse odds, but roughly the same odds next year and the year after yeah. that because you've just like kicked the can down the road and you've got an aging Vucin Demar and they're still the centerpieces and you still can't add anybody around them because you still don't have money. And then, okay, now it's like 2027 and we realize Demar's going to retire and Vooch is 36 or 37. So we have to like move on from these guys. And now we start to rebuild. And, you know, maybe Zach is a free agent and like maybe Patrick starts to look really good. But like at that point, you're just kind of where the Wizards are now. And so I, mm. in some senses, what I'm trying to say is that like the Wizards have a head start on the yeah. next thing. And yeah. I don't think you can really debate that. So whether you believe in this Bulls core and their ability to get to the second round uh, is one thing, but I think being ready to actually compete in the next iteration, and I'm kind of ready for that. Uh, the Wizards certainly have them there, but we got to wrap it up here. Um, any any final thoughts before you take us home? No, just that I love you and I love Joey and I love our fans and I love listeners. Thank you everyone for supporting us here at CHDO Bulls. We appreciate you all. Joey, glad you're back. William, you can get him on Twitter at Will underscore Gottlieb. I'm at MK Hoops. Joey, Joey 1K. We're at 1K at this point, but uh, if you're not following Joey, Joey, what's your, well, I don't remember. Joey, what's your uh, Twitter handle? At Joey Spathis. Oh, of course it is. Duh. At Joey Spathis on Twitter. Get him up to 10K. Let's get him up to 10K. Why not? Set ambitious goals. Go and do that, friends, at Joey Spathis on Twitter. Uh, but look, that's all from us today. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Matt, Dave, and young William, as well as young Joseph, will be back on Monday. I'll speak to you whenever I speak to you. But uh, this has been CHGO Bulls. See you next week. Yeah.